May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. So, Happy New Year to everyone. I hope you all had a very good time. Fireworks didn't bother you too much, didn't upset your dogs or anything like that. My dog, Gracie, will just kind of perk her ears a little bit and then go back to sleep, so everything was all well at my house. So, the new year is typically when we make resolutions. New year, new you. You're gonna exercise more, you're gonna lose weight, you're gonna quit smoking, you get the idea. For me, I'm just glad that I made it through the year and I'm looking forward to seeing what the new year is going to bring. And so here we are in the new year, 2024, and it's an election year, I hate to tell you. And today, we heard virtually the same gospel lesson as the one we heard on the second Sunday of Advent. And so if you were in church on the second Sunday in Advent, you will know that I preached on the second Sunday in Advent. And I'm thinking that I might just redo that sermon. (laughs) What do y'all think? Oh, look, he said yes. I don't think he'd appreciate it, though, so I kind of... I wrote something just a little bit different. So if you go back and you reread the gospel though, there are three extra sentences. And those three sentences make all the difference. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. And with those three sentences, it's now a beginning story. It's a new year story. Jesus is beginning his earthly ministry. Today is also the first Sunday in Epiphany, another beginning. Today we are invited to pack away our Christmas decorations, our manger scenes, and our angelic choirs as we seek God in the everyday and the mundane of our lives. As Howard Thurman wrote in his well-known poem, The Work of Christmas, when the song of angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and the princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among others, and to make music in the heart. And so, we begin this new year, and we begin by remembering that today is the baptism of Jesus, calling us to remember who we are and who we belong to, and how we too are being called to begin 
the work of Christmas. So according to uh, Christian historians, Jesus' baptism was an acute embarrassment to the early church. Apparently, what was so scandalous was why did Jesus even have to have a baptism of repentance? Why did Jesus wade into the Jordan River? Why did the sinless God, what did he need to repent from? Why did he wade into that water with all the crowds that had come from the Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem? I think that Jesus' baptism was his beginning story. It was his beginning of his ministry of love and compassion, standing in solidarity with us, with all of our faults, all of our failures, our pains and our problems. Jesus, waiting patiently in line with all the others who had flocked to the River Jordan, sinners and other damaged and broken people needing God. Jesus stood in that line with those who were worn down by the wear and tear of the world, people who were looking in expectation for new lives, new beginnings, Jesus began his public ministry, standing with the people, the least, the lost, and the lonely. Jesus came to that river to be baptized, to join with the people of God. John thinks that Jesus is untouchable. He's so important that John was not worthy to even untie his sandals. This is the same Jesus who in a few short years will crawl on the floor to tenderly wash the feet of the disciples. And Jesus didn't wade into that muddy water alone. He was standing right there with the others, joining his life with them and with ours, you and me, us and them, with all of God's children. So today, you and I will renew our baptismal vows. And most of us probably don't even remember our original baptism. And so we tend to forget, or we gloss over, that with our baptism, we have become part of something that is way bigger than ourselves. The theologian Stanley Harrowas writes that baptism, with baptism, we, are no longer, we no longer belong just to our parents or to our families. We belong to each other. We are connected with each other. We need each other to be whole and complete. So I guess that means we're all in this together, whether we like it or not, and that is an awesome responsibility. And it should scare the heck out of us. Because with our baptism, we too have waded into the River Jordan right along with the tax collectors, the sinners, the saints, and the misfits, right along with Jesus. 
Mark's gospel tells us that as Jesus rose from the waters of Jordan, the heavens were ripped open and God speaks. You are my son, the beloved with you. I am well pleased. Jesus' baptism was not just an example to the church, a life to imitate. His baptism was a witness to God's presence in our world and in our lives. The heavens were opened, they were torn apart. One theologian writes that this moment summarizes the essence of the Gospels, that God had come down from the heavens to be with us, never, ever to be separated from God's love. This is my son, this is my daughter, all of us beloved children of God all of us, recipients of God's unearned and unconditional love. Jesus waded into the Jordan River, was baptized, was named and claimed and began his ministry. And so it is with us, because we too have been named and we've been claimed. But we need to realize that when we wade into those waters, it's at our peril. It's not always an easy way to live. It is countercultural. It is against everything society tells us every single day. So perhaps there needs to be warning signs. Enter at your own risk. It will be exhilarating. It could be life-changing. And it could be dangerous. And the disciples discovered how dangerous it was following Jesus. And we will discover that ourselves once we choose to wade into those muddy waters and allow ourselves to be transformed. As well, baptism may set us apart as Christ's own. It won't separate us or protect us from the chaos and the pain of this world. Rowan Williams writes that baptism means being with Jesus in the depths of human need, but it also means that we are in the depths of God's love. So today, when we renew our baptismal vows together, we are being reminded that we are promising to seek and serve Christ in all people, to strive for justice and peace, and to respect the dignity of every human being. These are not just words. These are not empty promises. We are committing, we are committing our very lives to the broken, to the damaged, the least, the lost, the immigrant, and the orphan. We are being called to remember that God has no borders and no boundaries. We are all every one of us, everywhere, beloved children of God. Today is our beginning story. It's a new year for you and for me. We've been named and claimed by God. We know who we belong to, and we know how we are called to live our lives. For the heavens have been torn open, and if we listen, if we really listen, 
we too will hear God's words. You are my child, my beloved. In you, I am well pleased.